Hello, all you at home, and you guys here in the studio. Welcome back to Black Sheep and Bad Apples. I'm your host, Lauren O'Brien. And tonight, while we have lost one of our fellow co-hosts, two of them tonight, actually, um, but it, Joe Daisy, shout out to you. Love shout you, baby. Out. We're Joe always Daisy. thinking about you. Joe and Sam is also not going to be here tonight, unfortunately, but I do have the pleasure of sharing this fucking room with two gentlemen. Our producer and co-host, you know Sean Hill, over here at Fourth Corner. Mm-hmm. Right. And watch your tone of voice, gentleman. Sorry, sorry. Not gentleman, <laughs> just feral man. <laughs> and then we're also joined tonight with Marcus Quintana. How you doing, buddy? Very good. What's up, What's y'all? up, man? How you, how you feeling about tonight? Uh, we'll see how this goes, you know? It's We're been a gonna while since see. I've been on a poet podcast, so... Yeah. Well, welcome. I'm excited to have you guys. And it is just us three tonight. So, tonight we're gonna be taking a little journey. Talking about a college. Oh, actually, you're right, Marcus. I forgot something. Because it is season six, baby! Insert air horn here, Sean. Fran, 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 Fran. <laughs> And in dedication to us uh, writing things sober and delivering them in various states of inebriation, we are going to do a little shot of tequila. So here's to you guys at home. Here's to you guys here in the studio, boys. Some tasty tequila. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. That's why I, I opted, wrong that's why I opted to drink half of mine now because oh. I still have stories to tell. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna roll with this. This is such great content for season, season for episode one. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with new bad apples. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so tonight we're gonna be talking about a college that was established a long time ago by a religious fundamentalist, and that college is still around today. The college was later turned into a university that still exists in kind of more or less the same religious capacity, but we're going we're gonna to get into a little bit more of the details about the capacity in which it exists. The college was later turned... Oh, read that line. It, for a long time, had held its reputation for being like the most intolerant and unwilling to change. It, it, just, it dug its heels uh, at the sight of any kind of change. It just hated changing tradition, especially... The religious traditions. So tonight, our rabbit hole that we're going down will take us into the fundamentalist Protestant Bob Jones and his university. <sighs> Bob Jones University. Do you think they called him BJ? I really hope they did. I, I don't think they did. Just because. I think Bob is already a if nickname. If it's a religious thing and they're like, hey BJ, and he's like, that's not allowed. <laughs> you can't do that. Like, no, Bob. And he's like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. They're like, damn, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and it kind of it kind of heralds itself, and like it did, and still does, as like the one of the last bastions of morality uh, in the collegiate and academic world. So, without further ado, I would like to start us off with a bit of a biography. Robert Reynolds Jones Sr., the founder, grew up as the eleventh child out of twelve, born to William Alexander Jones and Georgia Ann. Creel Jones in 1883, he grew up in a very religious house. His father, who was referred to as Alex Jones, was a very devout Methodist, while his mother considered herself a primitive Baptist. 
And as just like a little short sidebar, uh, a primitive Baptist, because I didn't know what it meant, was essentially a very like conservative Calvinist organization of like the Christian faith. And it really focused on like family oriented and family integrated worship. It's kind of like the, the, like the focus on the family kind of things, if you guys mm. remember those. Okay. Um, and these same types of Protestants also practiced foot washing, which I thought was very interesting. Practiced so, foot washing? Yeah, so like the primitive Baptists tried to... Like, I mean, I yeah. practiced that as well. They washed feet when of I, other people. Oh, yeah. I was like, I wash my feet. Like, yeah, you know, and so it's, I, I believe it's a way to like connect with the community, but I don't really know a whole lot about it because I'm not super... Hmm. But it is like a way of being charitable, I guess, but I don't know how many homeless people they wash the feet of. So it's, a, it's an interesting concept at the very least. Alex Jones and his family were poor, and he worked on a farm in Dale County, Alabama. The Joneses' unmarried children, including Robert, often worked on the farm and helped provide their dad, uh, and often helped their dad sell vegetables door to door. His family struggled to put food on the table, obviously, but Alex Jones is noted as being quite the skilled farmer. As the family grew, they would later move to Dothan, Alabama, Dothan, I don't know, um, to find more opportunities for work. This is where Robert Reynolds Jones, hereafter referred to as Bob Jones, would begin his schooling. But he would also start showing the signs of a great career as a pastor or preacher or whatever. Again, I'm not, I'm not religious. I don't know. Um, and I, like, I don't know what the difference is. Don't care to look it up. So it's sure they were just saying he was really active in church. And yeah. Already. And as I mentioned, uh, when he was young, he attended church with his family frequently. And around age 11, he was officially converted and baptized. His family would frequently force him to speak in front of guests in their home, reciting the Bible verses and scripture his father forced him to memorize. So they set him up to be a pastor or whatever. Yeah. And you were going to tell scripture to people out loud. That's really what it feels like. It feels like it was... molded him completely. Yeah, and like he was... His dad, Alex Jones, was like a strict disciplinarian. And like, I don't have evidence of that, but it does sound like he was kind of molded into being what he is. And also, again, these people are very, you know, it's 1883 when he's born, so this mm. is not even hitting the 1900s, and everybody was racist back then. Like, even the nicest person that you ever met just hated yeah. black people for no reason. And where is this taking place, do you know? Uh, right now, this is in Dothan, Alabama. Alabama, okay, yeah. so, yeah. So, they're... 1800s, they're, they're like... They're even more racist. Yeah. <laughs> And at first, Bob was a nervous and self-conscious public speaker. His stage fright was terrible. And he's even quoted as having been said, uh, quote, I did whatever my father said to do, but when he told me, say the speech, I suffered agony that nobody could possibly know. And I give it that little bit of like, flourish, but I, you know, I think, again, I think he's a strict disciplinarian. Um, but unfortunately for the entire fucking world, Bob Jones's oration skills grew, and he shook off his stage fright. He even managed to become the Sunday school superintendent at around 12, and held his first revival meeting at his, and I quote, his home church. Hmm. And somewhere in this time, did you, it's amazing, right? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Supervisor at Sunday school. Yeah, he's, he's literally watching over all the kids that are younger than him. Yeah. And, God, it's just... And, and it was around this time that our little Bobby began truly exhibiting the qualities of a great orator. The more he spoke to people, the more he gained... The more skill he gained at, at professing the capital T truth. He's even reported as having converted over 60 people in a single week to the path of the Lord. Again, when he's like 11, 12, 13. Like, it's crazy, yeah. this guy. That boy must have had, like, a way with words, articulate yeah. as fuck, to be able to have that kind of 
pull on me. He sounds yeah. like the devil. It's insane. He sounds like the devil. Like he could just convince anybody of anything. It's crazy. <laughs> well, and in the 1800s, I mean. Yeah, that's true. You didn't oh, really you, have to do you much. wanked off tonight? Yeah. Better come to God. Better come to God. Or you're gonna yeah, go to yeah. hell. Yeah. You know, and it's like. Were a lot. An 11 year old tells you that you might be more prone to believe it at that time. You're like, damn, this innocent kid. And I didn't even think about that, but yeah, the uh, the shock of being preached at by this young child in the street who's... It, 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 that's crazy. Yeah, just imagine. I mean, it just shows you the, the intellectual level of people at that, at that time where they were actually yeah. able to look at someone that young and be like... I think he right. Articulate like that? Definitely. He sounded like he'd been to college. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Bob Jones was a flaming hot rising star in the southern world of Christian revivalist preachers. And around 13, he created his own church. And to be fair, it wasn't so much of a church, but it was like what I can imagine is like sticks and leaves and shit assembled in like a treehouse kind of fashion, like a really shitty thing. Um, but that's where he would give his sermons, and he eventually attracted a congregation of 54 members. Wow. So he was pretty good at preaching, and he was even documented at 12 years old as giving a, quote, spirited 20-minute uh, defense, uh, defense of the populist party while standing on a dry goods box, a spirited speech, rather, uh, while standing on a dry goods box in front of a Dothan drugstore, end quote. And so he's just standing... So, he's a soapbox. And he's, just standing, he's just yeah, standing on a soapbox <laughs> telling all these people about and God. And literally got 54 people to just go out 50. there and be like... Like, I think he... Just hell yeah, it. brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it does seem like something maybe his father may have, like, coached him to do. But also, I think at this point, he was just so, like, brainwashed. Not brainwashed, that's the wrong word. He was... Like, his dad really put a mindset into well, him yeah, about how to speak to people, I mean, you know? If you really think about it, most boys automatically look up to their fathers. Mm. And if he's shoving this down your throat, well, that's... hey, you're going to run and I'm going to excel with this. Yeah. So, yeah he yeah. definitely took off, though. With it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the funny thing is, it was there at this Dothan drugstore on the soapbox that uh, he was, as the Hollywood type call it, discovered. So, like, all the cards are playing just like, this dude had no other fucking choice in life other than to become this. It's, it's a little bit sad, actually. Um, a Methodist missionary, Dr. Charles Jefferson Hammett, discovered Bob Jones Sr.'s great gift for Gab and allowed Bob Jones to, junior, uh, to, to board with him, rather. Um, and, and at this time, Bob was also like enrolled at a seminary school. Um, I don't really know exactly what that is, but Malalu Seminary was where he, he was enrolled at, the, at this time. And after this, he entered into the uh, Southern College of Greensboro, Alabama, where he paid his bills by preaching. He eventually left college without a degree to help his two widowed sisters. At 17, he lost both, of his, both his mother and his father. It was five years later that he would meet his first wife, Bernice Sheffield. Their marriage was short-lived, however, as Bernice got tuberculosis and died nearly ten months later. Then, three years after that, Bob married a woman named Mary Gaston Stolwerk, which, goddamn, that is a fucking name if I've ever heard one. Three yeah. years after Mary Gaston Stolwerk, hmm. just yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Three years after their marriage, the bouncing baby, Robert Reynolds Jones Jr. was born. And this was in 19, uh, 1911. So there's a little bit of a timeline we're kind of working up to here. Okay. okay. And Bob loved this kid. 
but Bob also loved him some God, and so he continued preaching. During this part of the like the 20s and 30s, a huge controversy had like kicked off in the religious world, and it was uh, sparked over how to interpret God's word and how the teachings of the Lord should operate in society at large. Hmm. You see, the fundamentalist modernist movement was a huge issue for people of the church. Fundamentalists thought that the, that the modernist uh, Protestants and the Catholics had misinterpreted or rejected certain aspects of the Bible. But the true issue is that they thought the fundamentalists carried a belief called, uh, well, rather, was that the fundamentalists carried a belief called biblical inerrancy, inerrancy rather. This school of thought focused on the idea that the scripture was fucking perfect in every way. It had to be interpreted exactly as it was written because God had written it like that for a reason. The Bob Jonesian style of this idea was that the original texts written in Greek and Hebrew were the only uncorrupted and uncorruptible ones. That's weird because God didn't write the Bible. Exactly, it, it, exactly what I was going to yeah. say, man. Like, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, did. he had men write the Bible for him, yeah. which means, you know, man is not going to just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. That's great. I played I mean, the telephone game. You yeah. Know, like I, but it's like uh, to be like that's exactly what God had written. No, I just that's, feel that's what John wrote. Yeah, and that's and what Moses wrote. Like, and I'm that's quite what, religious, like, but I've never drawn completely off of the Bible. And and I want to be clear here because Bob Jones doesn't necessarily think that God wrote the Bible. But he thinks that through through uh, all the different authors, that God moved through them and thus created something that can't uh, be corrupted. You I, know? I and get so you. In, yeah, a, in yeah. a way, he's okay. kind of like he's just really focused on that God, like through, through the, the hands, through of the hands, that, yeah, wrote yeah. it to be exact, able to, exactly to project his message. Yeah, and and so the, these original texts were the inerrant ones, as they say. Um, you know, the ones that were just perfect; they could not be adulterated. Mm -hmm. Um, although the King James Bible would work just perfectly fine, apparently, throughout their church. Um, it was, like, it, it was allowed, but it wasn't held to the highest of authority, you know, because it was a translation, and that's blasphemy, basically. So, again, the fundamentalists saw modernist interpretations of the Bible as homogenization and the watering down, and even the corruption of Protestant beliefs and Christian beliefs. During this time, modernists gained a new title, liberal theology. Because they thought the strict interpretations, they, they could be just loosened a little bit. Their radically liberal uh, interpretations of the Bible focused on things like considering modern interpretations of the Bible, viewing the Bible through the lens of modern knowledge, such as science and ethics and you know things of the sort, and the ability to have your own personal reasoning, your own personal experience, and your own personal interpretation of it. These were fucking radical ideas back in the day. And so broad stroke, the story looked like the modernists wanted a personal relationship with God. And that, you know, being that it was like the turn of the century, these people wondered if they could enter into a holy partnership without all the rigid rules. Maybe they could relax some, some of the rules, you know, some of the ideas in, in light of modern discoveries. And this would allow modern, modern, uh, modernists the opportunity to re-examine certain aspects of the Bible's teachings and gain the interpretation that would put them closer to God, all the while looking at the ethics of what they were doing. And needless to say, Bob Jones hated this idea. <laughs> you see, the split between these, these two groups happened in their early 20s, and Bob grew more and more concerned about what he saw as religious liberalism. He also saw higher education institutions like you know, colleges and universities. He saw them like leaving God behind and becoming more secular. And he, th this just greatly concerned him because many people would go on learning uh, the, or many people would go to hell for learning things 
like evolution. It was in 1924 that Bob had a conversation with a friend during a Bible conference, which I don't know what that is. It sounds incredibly boring to me. Conference. Like it. <laughs> for the Bible conference. For the Bible. It's a discussion. It's just basically like what we're doing here. On okay, this. cool. Because it's just a nice Jesus discussion. Christ. And, and yeah. Well, you change of what, what our perceived yeah. our perceptions are on what we're talking about. Yeah, and so Bob was at one of these these uh, conferences uh, where one of his friends said, quote, if schools and colleges don't quit teaching evolution as a fact, we're going to become a nation of atheists, end quote. Let me ask you guys this. Are either of you guys atheists? No. Hmm. Cool. So maybe he's wrong. <laughs> uh, his concern was if colleges weren't going to teach to God, uh, going to teach the right way to God, the modernists were going to and the modernists were going to pick apart and stain and stitch back together their interpretations of the Bible. All of these people, in essence, were desecrating the perfect art of God. And Bob saw the future of the United States as a modern Sodom and Gomorrah. And this greatly bothered him. So he set about creating an institution of higher learning that put God first. And not only God first, but the real interpretation of God. Well, I mean, Harsh. <laughs> it's the real. It's, that's, a, that's, that's a fuck right there, mm, to be honest with you. Yeah. So... Bob himself wasn't a college graduate, but he was fucking determined. He felt it was his moral obligation to God to create an institution with a capital H, him first. His son, Bob Jones Jr., was 16 when Bob Jones opened Bob Jones College in 1927. And that was in Panama City, and there was 88 students there. So, like, he's still picking up traction, you know what I mean? This is you know, still 20 years later, but he's just momentum all the time. Yeah. <sighs> and, and I'm sorry to like even ask this, but you no. did say that it's it's still continuing to this day. It is still going on, and we haven't even gotten to some of the bad parts of the story. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, it's holy it's almost a hundred years gone. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, this, this, this he started out so boxing with fifty four. Like any of this is going <clears throat> any better? Well, and what I want to highlight is there's a dynasty going on. No, and, yeah, most and, definitely. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. we've got Bob Jones Senior, and then. Bob Jones Jr., and he was getting educated the right way. Like his father before him, Bob Jones was very interested in getting his kids educated in the world of Christ. About two years before Bob, uh, but before his college opened, uh, when Jr. was 10, his father gave him 50 missionary bi biographies, which would probably bother any other 10-year-old. <laughs> but Bob, the Bob Jones apple didn't fall far from the tree at all. Jr. was voracious about reading this shit. And it, from everything that I've read, he just, he loved reading everything about the Bible and biblical work. And it was in 1931 that Bob Jones Jr. graduated from, where else? Bob, Bob Jones College. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, first. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it um, was like, what, six months before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. You got a fucking PhD? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're, you're set, me. Yeah. So after barely surviving the Great Depression, because again, we're still in like the 1920s and 30s, uh, Bob Jones eventually had to move his college. And the Bob Jones University website describes this time like this. I quote, Midst the sand, sawgrass, and pine forest, Dr. Jones Jr. and the Board of Trustees broke ground for the college on December 1st, 1926 in Bay County, Florida. By the way, I don't know why I'm doing that accent. I'm just I don't know, keep but going it was I. It was I. The <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus hey, Christ. Hold on, hold on. Get the corona <laughs> cough out. <laughs> the following September, Bob Jones College opened with 88 students. Of primary importance was the daily chapel service, which Bob Jones Sr. determined to keep hot with fervent preachings from the Bible. Before long, Dr. Bob became famous for his chapel sayings, concise encapsulations of spiritual truths. Although a, a lack of funds ultimately forced Bob Jones College from its Florida campus, God moved it to a location more accessible to its financially strapped students. They ended up landing in Cleveland. They can't afford to get here. Move it closer. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up... So they... <laughs> I'm just going to drop it. They ended up... And the, I'm still quoting their website, by the way. Uh, they ended up landing in Cleveland, Tennessee in 1933. Oh, no. Actually, this is my, this is my writing. Not theirs. <clears throat> uh, and then record scratch, fast forward 13 years later in Cleveland, Tennessee. Bob's Jones College is the largest liberal arts college in the state. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Just from... It wait, 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 wait. Liberal arts, you said, right? Just for clarity, because I didn't actually know about this either. Uh, I'd like to add that <laughs> liberal arts is a, is a term used to describe the three basic tenets of higher education. That's science, art, and, art and ma mathematics. You said liberal. Liberal arts. I know, right? Because they yeah, hate that, liberals. That they hate I liberals. liberal arts. <laughs> no, no I, yeah. I know. That's why I looked it up, too. I was like, wait, Bob wait, Jones, wait, you know, okay, you this, doesn't, this doesn't sound like this story at all. Okay, okay. I went to a liberal arts college. Which one? Bob Jones Religious University. It's like, uh, I thought you went to music Bob school. Bob Jones <laughs> Religious University. Of liberal arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Bob Jones That's would. A fucking Bob Jones would <laughs> hate being called that. I ever heard it. They have Wait, art from what I heard before. <laughs> so they have art class and drawing, but instead of having nude models, they have fully clothed from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob Jones College was able to break ground and, and begin building the university that would later that that would teach from the actual gospel of God. And what made it great was that the entire college was about really focusing on spiritual truths one could glean from the Bible and from Bob Jones uh, Sr. In fact, here's a quote from one of Bob's spiritual truths. It's never right to do wrong in order to get a chance to do right. And that seems pretty concise. If it, and it's a little contrived maybe, but it still makes a good point with good yeah, intentions. Definitely. So I'd like to show you guys or tell you guys about another one of his spiritual truths. And and for con yeah, I your voice and just just for context, <laughs> just for context on this quote, Bob Jones hated alcohol, which is important because oh, yeah, quote, <laughs> I would rather see a saloon on every corner than a Catholic in the White House. I would rather see an N word in, as president. End quote. Huh? Yeah. And then here's another one, quote, yeah. I believe some of the leaders of the World Council of Churches and the Pope are in conscious service to the Antichrist. All of the Popes are demon-possessed. <laughs> oh. What are you the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what radio is. They should go, no, what? Yeah. It's, it's fucking batshit crazy. Yes. That, that is... I didn't wow. realize who he thought God's children were. It's. I didn't realize we were dealing with such a contradictory person. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't take like shots at a regular about God, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah." Uh, by the way, like, I'd rather have everything like motherfucking niggers over there. <laughs> what? What? Like, Are dude, you serious? Like, dude. 
And, and it's like, okay, I don't think that that word was ever in the Bible. And there's just something about it where, like, the, he hates everybody. We're gonna get into that a little bit, but he, he just like like he just takes such a wide swing at the Pope and like at, at the Catholics and like it's crazy. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Bob Jones Jr. because there is a little dynasty we're going to be working on here. Um, and Jr. had attended school and, you know, was a good student. However, as young men do, he became fascinated and good at, by all accounts, acting. He fucking loved to act. And as he was, he was just so good at acting that even Hollywood made offers to him. And his father didn't like that at all because it made him anxious because... You know, I, I assume it makes him anxious because Hollywood is full of homos and sinners. I don't know. But anyway, Bob yeah, Jones I Jr. Mean... did actually end up taking part in some writing and acting in Hollywood films. Jones Jr. was a sort he was like actually kind of successful for a little while. Like it's it's kinda of hard to believe that his dad would let him, but like between nineteen thirty-three and nineteen forty fucking five, he performed four times a year a one-man show he did called Curtain Calls, where he portrayed, quote, seven or eight Shakespearean characters accompanied by classic literature, or classic music, rather. I don't know why I said literature. Those words are different. Wait, so Shakespeare's allowed in this... Shakespeare's allowed. Shakespeare... <clears throat> Shakespeare read the real this word. Is, this is... It's weird. <clears throat> this, this whole... The whole aspect of his, the what, what he's trying to portray sounds like an oxymoron, bro, from when he's going around doing... Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. But that's not at that's, all what he's actually fucking It's almost doing. the antithesis to what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like, one thing that, that I'm not going to cover in here a little bit, but like, in their student handbook, which we can still find online, like, I encourage you guys at home to listen, or to go, go and watch it, um, but there's no fucking dancing at this school. That might have changed in the last few years, but, like, I read part of the 2017, I believe, manual. Could be wrong about that date a little bit. But it was, like, 2017 or something like that. And it's like, no dancing. It's too sexy. You're going to get everybody hard. You can show your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. So, <laughs> between, okay. so between 1933 and 47, Jones Jr. would help out around the college, serving as acting president for over 10 years before finally having the reins passed to him in 47. He was also making time to find love. In 1938, Bob Jones University finally moved to where it stands today, Greenville, South Carolina. That same year, Jones Jr. met and married Fannie Mae Holmes. A year later, Fan. on yeah, I Fan, she had a Fanny. Fannie Mae Holmes. Fanny Hill. Do you guys know that means something different in Britain? The Fanny's the pussy. In Britain. Okay, well. Either way, like I said, I remember, got a remember, <laughs> remember the book I brought up on uh, the history of porn, Fanny Hill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. And so, uh, a year after uh, they moved to college, or a year after he got married, rather, on August eighth, nineteen thirty-nine, a bouncing baby, Robert Reynolds Jones the third, was fucking born. <laughs> wow. So there's fucking three of them, guys. There's three. That's a name. Robert Reynolds Jones Jr. I, I don't it's, even know if I can it's say hard. it. Robert, yeah. Reynolds Robert Reynolds Jones. Oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I don't know. I may have already had too much tequila. 
or fucking beer, but yeah, that's definitely a tongue twister. Bob Jones Sr.'s dad was probably just the biggest asshole in the world and was like, you know what, everything's going to be hard for him. I'm going to even give him a hard name. Yeah. Like, you can't pronounce it. Tongue twister. Sorry, you say your, your, your say name, your name name. twice and I'll let you go off on this DWI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Bob Jones Sr., as we've kind of learned and I think grown to love, has vehemently loved God. But as we try to get into Bob Jones's head a little bit here, um, I'd like to use some advice he gave us for this specific moment. Very poetically, I might add, he said, quote, what you love and what you hate reveal who you are. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't argue with that. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to college yeah. next year. It really does. And let me be clear about something. You guys know like the coexist stickers on the back of people's bumpers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Jones would have fucking hated those. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another quote from Bob. Quote, tolerance is a form of cowardice. We should be appalled at the thought of homosexuality and adulterous relationships. We should be upset when we hear of teenage pregnancies and unwed mothers. But instead of being concerned, upset, or angry, we seem to accept these things and many other sins as normal behaviors. The Bible clearly states otherwise. It is nothing but a deviation from scriptural principles we are, uh, we are to govern our lives with. There is no normalcy in sin. The excuse of personal standards and convictions is not legitimate. A big difference exists between what God clearly points out in the scripture and what we believe based on convictions. These are moral sins, and they are violations of clear scriptural pr principles. Right versus wrong, immorality versus purity, and unholiness versus holiness. No questions, concerns, or reasonings are sufficient when God clearly instructs us on how to live. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this guy sounds kind of like a, like a religious Hitler. He kind of does. Yeah. It's, it's a good like observation. Someone you would like see taking in, he has a way with words and, and is able to catch ignorant people of course so he's he's running with it and one of the one of the things i actually didn't think about it was like he started rising to power at the same time hitler did <laughs> and so like there's a whole lot of parallels between huh. these two Ooh. interesting <laughs> yeah and uh so bob jones senior junior and the third were all in time uh, were all at different times involved with politics and in, in just in various different forms um, I really wish we had the time to talk about all the politics they got into. Speaking of politics. Yeah, yeah. But they're <laughs> all quite the story. Like, the, from abortion to civil rights, homosexuality, the university's founders and presidents have worked extremely hard to associate the name of Republicans to the God-fearing churchgoer. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad that the Bobs and various other religious churches began doing nearly the same thing at the same time, and they often worked together. Uh, needless to say, Bob Jones had a lot of issues with the changing world. He and his son, and eventually his grandson, all saw the world as it modernized and worried about how life would be in the future. Even though Bob had a sort of like rigorous doomsday-esque style to their, the, the Bobs rather, um, had the style of their preaching, um, Bob Sr. was described as having, he, he enjoyed politics and being that the other Bobs would eventually get involved, you could say that they were too. And I think it's kind of a dad thing at this point, like... He's yeah, very just following. It's it's like 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 we were talking about earlier. To be honest with you, it's molding. Yeah, very much so. Complete molding. You, I mean, as a father, you try to mold your children to the best possible beings you see fit. 
So everything they're drawing is just off of you. Yeah. Definitely. It, so it, you, you know that that shit's just been passed down generation to generation and it's never been broken because they've never had another kind of either a male figure that ran with them or yeah, that it, could possibly contradict what they actually saw. But more than likely, it's just... And we'll see a little bit later that I don't think that it's like... Like, there's a hardcore hate in these guys' heart. I feel that these guys have this really strong hate within themselves. And it's it's a little uh, it's a little disheartening to, to get... To understand that these guys got to run an entire university. Like, people graduated with degrees from this place. And, it's, and these people are running it. Spreading that ignorance. And it's it's wild to me that something like that still exists. And we're going to get into to how it exists a little bit later. Um, but I think for now, we're going to go ahead and take a short little break. And we're going to come back to And we're going to take this. another shot. Oh, yeah. Because you know, when uh, Marcus is here, we got to celebrate. <laughs> Apparently, Marcus is bent on getting us drunk, like Alex Jones was yeah, during you know, the uh, Joe Rogan podcast a couple days ago. Oh, it was very there was funny. a Joe Rogan podcast going yeah, on? Yeah, and, and Joe Rogan was straight up. He, he was like, dude, I'm doing Sober October. Get that fucking away from me. <laughs> So wait, cheers wait, to you guys at home. Yeah, we're we hitting you. November soon. <laughs> cheers, to, cheers to you guys here in the studio. We'll hey, see you on the other side. You guys have a good one. Clink. You're back with QVC Radio. We've got a great new product for you. We're talking to Stephen Carell. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of digging with your handheld shovels? I'm Slippery Steve. And these are Slippery Steve steel-toed shovel shoes, a tough shovel for your steel foot. I design them, I use them, and I sleep next to them. They come in both left foots and right foots. So, Slippery Steve, how did you come up with the design? Well, you see, I broke my foot in 82, and I was, I was having a hard time walking. So, one day I devised a plank with some string on my foot. And it felt so good, I went to the garden and I started digging up my prize-winning turnips, big as a gopher. And I got the plank stuck in the dirt, and that's how the idea hit me, like Jesus is right. Wow, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about how it works. Well, you see, you take your shoes and your socks off like this, and you undo the 27 clasps along the boot, and you seal yourself in the Kevlar ballistic laces, and the lead-lined clasp will seal the shoe to your foot snugly. It's as simple as one, use the instruction manual to strap them suckers on your feet, and two, you're done. Just start kicking the absolute shit out of dirt, and all it's all organic, pesticide-free, and, and, and fair trade. Fascinating. I might get some for my garden. You should. And where can folks find your product? Well, uh, you see, I got my conversion van parked over uh, on um, Cromwell and 16th next to Tammy's Adult Novelty Shopping uh, for, for now. For now, hey, you can find me uh, in the abandoned parking lot across the street. Or, 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 or you call in an order at 555-0900 during the day, preferably, you know, bef before 6 p.m., maybe after 5 and, um the dark way, uh, or you can send me an email. You can send me an email at uh, slippery steves steel toed shovel shoes at darkweb.net. Uh, I mean, I also got you can just look for slippery steve um, on the dark web, but that's that's other stuff. Uh, and for a limited time, um, this is exciting for a limited time. I'm, I'm bringing back my original design, like the classic 82, but in steel. And where can you ship your product? 
Oh, oh no, ma'am. Oh, that's real close. No, ma'am. Uh, I don't use the quote unquote mail system. You gotta come pick up. Uh, only it's only pickup. Um, I, I I don't deliver at all. Uh, you you, you I, I don't. No, I can't. I can't trust the mail system. Okay, ma'am. Since they stole my license and 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 and. And they couldn't even prove that I was drinking. Still too close. Okay, okay. And I was on my own property. And, and hell, I don't think killing gophers is illegal yet. And, and I hate pants. It's not a... I, so, no, I don't I don't deliver. I don't. Uh, you know, call, call, you know, call first so I can put on pants. So, you know, so I'll see you at the van, yeah? And uh, remember, Slippery Steve's steel-toed shovel shoes, <laughs> the, the, the classic 82s. Ah! We're back. I'm Lauren. Oh, oh too bad. That was, that was a bad segue back into this podcast, I oh, think. Oh, my bad. I was <laughs> no, trying to go a little... <laughs> no, I, I just think maybe yelling might not be the best way to, to well, capture our listeners' ears. Silky so, smooth. If you at home are listening and were offended, I apologize. Please do not send me emails. But do. And on our break, we were talking a little bit about... Uh, we were talking a little about, a bit about... You know, our ladies and trying to get some, uh, trying, trying to, trying to, uh, what's the term for it? Trying to get the demographic of drug users. That was what we were really focused on during our break. And so, hmm. wait, what? <laughs> I mean, we talked about it. You guys may not remember, but drug users are definitely a part That's... of our, our next demographic. We're going to be putting stamps on baggies of various drugs. And get your keys of black sheep and bad apples. Your, get your <laughs> BS and BA. And then you, it's it's really a box of, uh, I mean, I mean whatever comes. Whatever. Yeah, a little whatever bit of heroin, a little yeah. bit of cocaine. Honestly, it's kind of just a some grab marijuana. Bag. You know, yeah. Yeah. We, we try to spoil you, just give you a little bit of stuff that we think you'll like and stuff we know you'll like. I don't know if you guys can actually tell what uh, Lauren's face looks like at this point, but he was winking a lot at you guys. I was well. No, I was winking at you, Marcus. Oh God! Oh, he start blushing. <laughs> yeah. I was anyway, you're gonna lie. Lauren's kind of cute. <laughs> this is BS MBA, not MDA. Oh, oh sorry, shit. Sean. You're kind of cute too. <laughs> anyway, so watch your, needless to watch say, watch your PDA, bro. Bob Jones uh, hey, would have. They did this conversation. No one told me this shit. Home, I was <laughs> trying to get some truncho in it. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I could see Bob not being happy. No, about he this. would everything about this conversation. He would hate. Um, I wonder and, what his detention was like. I don't want to know. Uh, I don't think he would like me here. You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, on par with the religious teachings, uh, you know, they were kind of a brand of Christians that felt the basic tenets of the Bible, and thus all of Christianity were being corrupted and attacked, just like physically attacked. And he worried that that worry lent itself to fear about how much the quote liberals would end up legislating religion out of the country. He believed that humans were basically depraved by nature, and moreover, he thought that liberals and dem, uh, dem, d Democrats rather wanted to get as far away from God as possible, and by doing so, bring about the end of the world. He thought liberals. Bro, he was straight he, trying to say. Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. I heard that shit. I, 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 I get into a lot of like right wing propaganda sites, and you hear demon rats all the time, and so it's just something that goes through my head now because apparently I'm sick. 
<laughs> so he thought that liberals were trying one of the categories of people trying to get the furthest away from God. Meanwhile, he has a liberal arts college. We're Democrats, bro. Democrats, dude. Yeah. Oh. It's it's and it's a tough thing too because it's like, I mean, he's not wrong. We want to get church out of schools and out of government and stuff like that. But the, the point that he gets to is like. They're trying to, to make it illegal to be a Christian. It's like, nobody fucking wants to do that. That goes against the Constitution, which is a thing that I think agree, like, all of us as a collective can more or less agree upon. Well, maybe you shouldn't start a college called a liberal arts college. <laughs> right? You're still, yeah. you're oh, still yeah. getting liberal arts Com- wrong, but I appreciate the way you're using it. I'm just saying, like, it's very mis... Like the communication yeah, thing. Yeah, this might like, fuck people. Liberals, liberals are away from Jesus. That's why I started my liberal arts, liberal religious arts. college. Yeah, it's and it's like, are you trying to attract people? Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think you're it, trying it, to. Uh, that was no, what that he was. was no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> think about this on a fucking whole nother level. They're smart as fuck. They're like, let me get the most fucked people and change their mind. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that actually. Oh. Because that is like a, a big part of what they're trying to do is constantly convert people and constantly bring exactly. them in. Exactly. Because if so they can convert taking, them, they can oh, bring them into man. their university and make money off them. Exactly, bro. Wow. You, you got some insight, Marcus. That's why it fucks with you. That's why. <laughs> that's why. We just hit the Twilight Zone, people. <laughs> so, his strict ideology encouraged uh, just the strongest Sabbath uh, observance. And actually, he might not have been the strongest, but uh, he also uh, really encouraged uh, academic learning through Christ, although not the Catholic one, strict celibacy, and a pure lifestyle. He kind of hated feminism, alcohol, homosexuals, abortions, black people, Catholics, the Baptists, the Catholics again, and just like a whole list of other people we're not going to be able to get into because there's just so oh, much Mexicans. fun. So many people <laughs> hate him. And, and it gets back into that what you love and what you hate reveal stuff about you. You know, it, yeah, that's... that's that, that's what I kind of find funny because the the more and more that this podcast keeps going along with this topic, and it just seems like his uh, his actual aspect of where he's at is just completely contradicting his work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, he's yeah. just contradicting what he's what he's what he's saying completely. And we're actually gonna uh, kind of spoilers end the podcast with a, a quote about how he's like contradicting himself and and how like. What he's saying, you can interpret one way or the other, and, and there's certain interpretations of it that lead to not promoting hate crimes against people. And I think as a whole, most religions promote a sense of community and loving one another, charitable action and stuff like that. And I, and I really think that, as you were saying, there's like this contra- So, but what you're saying, though, is that he... Later on in it, but like how how much later on was well, it? Was it? Was we'll it, was we'll it get into that actually in the podcast tonight. Upon... We'll we'll get into that tonight actually. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it is a very interesting story. He was like slight because you're saying like, later yeah. on. Yeah, well, later and it's a slight spoiler like, because hey, I'm man, saying we later don't on. Do this. <laughs> uh, but Bob Jones wasn't just a religious zealot, hyper focused on creating a college to weave the fundamental Christian movement movement into higher learning. He was also a super big fucking capital racist, capital R racist. And uh, it's probably something that you guys picked up on because I've said it explicitly, but Bob Jones University from day one, it accepted every kind of person from all racial backgrounds. They had Asian people and they they just had a bunch of other ethnic groups into his college, but they did have a big rule. No fucking black people. 
And I mean that in two different ways. So, for instance, African-American... Because they dance? African-Americans weren't allowed into the school for a very long time, and there was absolutely no interracial dating here. So, like, literally... Black I mean, people yeah, weren't allowed. The time period you're talking about, African Americans. They were didn't. This isn't like the 40s and they 50s, though. Like no, it's, no, it's no, ridiculous. Yeah. No, bro, come on, 40s and 50s, bro. Civil rights movement, people, all that type of stuff. People like, still didn't give a flying. And in the deep south, a white woman don't marry a black guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. let's like, get racial was completely frowned upon. Like, let's get back into this because I think you guys racist. are gonna really like this next part. Yeah, uh, yeah going to sound horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bob had an issue when it came to what people thought about him in his college and that, that he set up in so much that he and his college weren't racist, you guys. They were following scripture. This is a quote from an address he gave over the radio on April 17, 1960. While residents in the Greenville area were getting ready for their Sunday morning church, the address titled, quote, Is Segregation Scriptural? Spoke... And this was spoken by a goddamn 77-year-old Bob Jones Sr. And this played through their radios. And here is a little excerpt from that. Now, notice, this is a very important verse. The 26th verse of the 17th chapter of the Act of Apostles, quote, and hath, made, uh, and hath made of one blood all nations. Hath made of one blood is very important. We'll get back to that later. Hath made of one blood all nations of men to, for to dwell on the face of the earth. In some of the original manuscripts, the word blood is not in there, but it's not important anyhow, because the thoughts are the same. Quote, and hath made of one blood all nations for men to dwell on the face of the earth. End quote. But do not stop there. Quote, and hath determined the times for all he appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. Now what does that say? That says that God Almighty fixed the bounds for their habitation. That, that is clear as anything ever was. End quote. Hmm. What do you guys think of that? What do you guys think of that nice little Bible so verse he, he uh, corrupts? He's saying, he's saying God created one blood, and by that meaning the color of your skin? Well, and he's, he, so I think he ignores that entirely. Well, he actually, was, I, he I was think like, there's, there's, from like there's was, God's blood of people, and then there's not God's blood yes, of people. Yes, which means very much so. you're either the child of God... And you have the blood for that, or you're just some rather random other animal, or some however you want to really get wow. deep with the, it. Yeah, they or, definitely would call them animals. With that, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like in the racist type of thing. He's like, uh, he's like, in, in his translation, he's like, that means that black people are animals and not the blood of God. I mean, that was and a like a, perception back in the day, though. To be honest with you. I mean, slaves were still a thing at that. Black people back in the oh, day no, were not commonly fucking but... compared to apes. Mm -hmm. Very like, much commonly, so. Like, commonly. That shit was not yeah. shied upon at all. And that's, I mean, that's a whole nother fucking actual fucking different thing. But to actually get to what y'all was saying was, I mean, this guy literally... And, and I will continue to say this throughout the fucking podcast. <laughs> sounds like a fucking he's an like religious idiot. Hitler. He's a religious Hitler and yeah. a, a gigantic idiot. But he makes this. He stumbles in into this like oration skill. He just accidentally finds it and creates the empire. And not necessarily well, an empire, but he creates like this that. massive university. No, but he's still, but to like what like what I asked earlier is he still on? He's still to this day. His word is still 
manipulating people. And we're going to get into that. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, and so one could argue, as they very much did back then, that Jones and his university weren't racist. They were just listening to, to scripture's instructions. <clears throat> Excuse me, Sean. You can cut that out. No, Probably no, not going to. Or, or out, leave bro. it in. Uh, but in our day and age, you can't really argue that he was listening to scripture's instructions when he said shit like this. Quote, A Negro is best when he serves at the table. When he does that, he's doing what he knows how to do best. And the Negroes who have ascended to positions in government, in education, this sort of thing, I think you'll find, by and large, have a strong strain of white blood in them. Now, I'm not a racist, and this is taught... This school is not a racist institution. I cannot stress that enough. But what I say is purely for uh, what I have been taught and what I have been able to study in the teachings of the scripture. End quote. Huh. So again, he's not racist. However, he's I... just ignorant as fuck. Well, but he's like, well, hear, like, hear me out. They're doing their best no, serving no, 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 no. the white exactly people. exactly like, what it is. He's so, ignorant as fuck. He said it himself. What I've learned from the scriptures... And from what I've learned, yeah. what I've seen myself. Well, so, no shit. What fucking you Bible are you reading? It doesn't retarded. say that at all. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Now, again, Jones isn't a racist. However, I did find that in the 1920s, as his college was starting in Florida, Jones Sr. had taken contributions from the kind gentleman over at the Ku Klux Klan. There were rumors that Jones was a member of the KKK. However, it is widely regarded that he was never a member. But he did side with some of their positions in the 20s. A publication from the El Paso Times in 1922 oh, quotes Jones. No, th th this isn't. Yeah, El Paso yeah. Times, that's where I'm from. Yeah. Quotes, Jones, is, qu quotes Jones is saying this, and I quote. I'm not a member of the Ku Klux Klan, Mr. Jones said. Colonel William J. Simmons, Imperial Wizard of the Klan, a former Methodist preacher, is a close personal friend of mine, and he approached me to join the Klan. He told me it was a patriotic organization and that it had never been party to lawlessness. I did not join. End quote. The parallels between some of those comments and what is going on today I find unsettling, uh, dude. I'm it not is them, But, I, um, <laughs> you know, like, I fucks with them, you know? I didn't well, join they're the, just patriots. I didn't join the clan, but I did accept their money to support our college. Yeah, yeah ex-fucking-exactly. And I don't like, agree with them. They're just American patriots. They're just, they're white people, it's though. It's so yeah, crazy. You know, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> So, I don't agree with their their things, but because they're white, I can accept their money to support me. Support me, exactly. Like, so for reasons that are probably abundantly clear, Bob Jones Sr. continued to fight to keep his school segregated even to, even up until the era of the Civil Rights Movement. Marcus, are you trying to, trying to cheers me? I was trying to, bro, but well, you was a little here we go, doggy. preoccupied. Cheers. So, um, Clink, Sean. Clank, clank. Clink, season clink, six, clink, episode one, Bob Jones University. Lying, fool, I swear. <laughs> and cheers to you guys at home. Ugh. All yeah. right. I'm sorry, it's so, just, um, you know, episode one. I'm, I'm of season six. As, as of a, season six, baby. It's a good yeah, start. Yeah, but you know, episode one, we gotta... We gotta come hard, dude. Bring we gotta it bring it. Bring it in. So, in the Bob Jones... Uh, uh, Bob Jones continued to fight to keep his school segre segregated even up until the era of the civil rights movement. In the Bob Jones University website about what's going on in the 60s, they just have this to say about the time. Uh, this is under the section entitled 1960s. Quote, 
1964, Bob Jones Jr. became chairman of the Board of Trustees, and Bob Jones III was elected as the university's vice president. So we can see the, the movement of the... Of Dad's the, helping the out the son, helping out the grandson. Yep, yep, like, yep. You need a PhD? I created college. Everybody's yeah, good. Yeah. Just hate the blacks. Continuing the quote, on January 16th, 1968, <laughs> the Lord called Dr. Bob Jones Sr., the university founder, to meet his savior after a lifetime of faithful service. He was 86 when he passed. He was 86 he was 86. Ooh, good call. Ah. So one thing I want to note is that they called him Dr. Bob Jones Sr. Dr. Guys, Bob Jones. Can you guys guess where he got his degree? Where did he get his doctorate? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me guess. Hold on. Let me guess. <laughs> and so the other thing that bothers me about this part of the story is that I really wanted to know if this motherfucker suffered. Saying, bro. That's why I said it when you said it the first time. Oh, his son happened to get a fucking college degree at this fucking bro motherfucker course, like bro. stop well, of course stop playing oh, stop yeah. playing we all know what's going on yeah, here yeah. i don't want to go to college to get my doctorate yeah, i'm just gonna make a college to get my to doctorate, get a doctorate. Yeah, yeah yeah and you then like I... oh man this nigga got a fucking <laughs> doctorate bro <laughs> and then my so, kid got his phd so the and thing... then his kid got and it's like well no shit you <laughs> oh yeah Hey, hold up. My son was just born. Can he get his bachelor's real quick? Yo, a, these, are the, these are the same guys that are like, dude, just go to college. It's, not it's that a lot hard to easier get a to get pills when you are the doctor with the prescription pad. You so, know, like, doesn't mean you should become a doctor to yeah, own a prescription pad. So, we, we have a, a, a repetition of absolute ignorance being passed on. And, and and the fact that this college is even accepted anymore in this fucking time. Man, and, and one thing I want to say is. The thing about this story that really, really irked me was I looked deep and hard and tried to find out what happened to Dr. Bob Jones Sr. How did he die? How did he pass? I know he was 86. Oh, yeah. Pretty, but the unfortunate yeah, information the unfortunate information is I don't know. But what I can say is I hope... Heart failure? I hope that it was painful. No, Fucking honestly, hope honestly, that it was painful. Honestly, bro, he sounds like Hitler. He should have yeah. died horribly. Horribly. Now, we're going to steer a little bit away from the biography aspect of the episode to focus on the school, the founder, and the subsequent leaders that all followed and stayed on, on a similar path of, basically, preach God's love but hate the sinners. So, like, we, we've got an easy through line to see, but again, <clears throat> the people who created the school ran, ran and ran it were just complete weirdos, and the school itself had some fucking quirks. So it was originally in the 1930s when the IRS began offering nonprofit status to churches and schools. Bob Jones University was able to obtain one and held one for so many years. Cutting through all the extremely long and detailed story about the IRS and all this kind of bullshit, um, after the Supreme Court found segregation to be unconstitutional in 1954, all nonprofits had to begin admitting African American students if they were to keep their tax exempt status. Huh. And just as a note, like one thing I want to, uh, you want to be. I, a, I, this I guarantee you. I don't. Right. I don't think you're gonna have to tell me this, but I guarantee you that college went to the Supreme Court, tried to have a fucking fight against the fact that that's unconstitutional. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah, I'm just saying from the point, from, from the actual fact that. Yeah. In this, this, no, this I, it's just interesting to me that you point out that. To keep a non-profit, you had to be more or less not racist. Not racist in that. So, like, at a point in time, like, 
the the government, if you will, was like, yo, you want to you want to not pay us money, you have to allow like non racism in your thing. Yeah, it's you like, can't promote this. Kind like of the government was trying to employ in weird ways non racism at a point. Yeah, and things that would like not that they were like. You can't be racist by well. You can be racist at home. You can be racist, but you got to profit off. Oh, that. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You, like if you you're gonna be racist, you better be profiting off of that and better. be blatant about it. Yeah. Because if you're gonna be hiding it behind the curtain, no, you yeah. got to like you you got to be not like that. And that's interesting in like a, a understanding of just American culture, if you will. Where it, at and how a our point, politics works. At a point, there was literally the government employing that, like, racism we don't agree with, but if you're going to do it, you better be profiting off it. And we it. can't give you this like, kind of exemption. We can't give you an exemption for racism, but if you're just going to do it, then make a profit off it and do it and stuff. But you're, you're like, on it's on your shirt cuff that you yeah, are a racist. You are a money racist institution. Off yeah, and, and just like this, this is kind of a little tangent. Um, but I do want to note, because I think it's very important for like what we're going to get into here in a little bit. Um, Bob Jones wasn't like the first person to try to bring religion into politics. Before like the 1960s and 70s or so, the, the religious voting block of America wasn't really a thing. Um, no, I mean, Texas but, but, to this day is still a very, very religious state. Yeah. And, and it's because of some of these new people that were kind of stepping onto the, onto the stage and these people were new religious schools, people like Jerry Falwell, who created Liberty university, um, Paul Weyrich, who is most noted as creating the quote new right. Uh, he also created the conservative think tank, the heritage foundation and coined the term moral majority. Uh, it was after the ruling of the Supreme court that allowed the, that, uh, that not allowing black people, uh, was racist at school. Like that, that was a racist thing. And, and it was after this, that the IRS began inquiries to verify the tax exempt status for all of these schools and the ruling and subsequent inqu inquiry. Uh, it, this really pissed off some of the leaders at Bob Jones university. And it also pissed off a lot of quote, evangelical leaders, especially at the, as the IRS began sending questionnaires to church related segregation academies, including Falwell's own Lynchburg Christian school acquiring, inquiring about their racial policies. Falwell was furious, and this is quoting Falwell. In some states, it's easier to open a massage parlor than a Christian school, end quote. And I want to note that that, that quote is from a Politico article entitled In The Real states. Origins of the Religious Right. Which, th th this is an incredible article. If you're at home just listening to this podcast, please go and check it out. It's, it's, it's a little bit, it's really long, but it's an incredibly well-written article about like the religious right and how they kind of merge this stuff into politics. And in, again, we're not going to cover a whole lot of that in the episode I'm tonight. Just, you said it's easier to start a massage parlor than what? Uh, it's easier to start a massage parlor. Uh, no, in some states, it's easier to open a massage parlor than a Christian school. Because Christian of, schools were noted as being racist. But I'm like, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't want a massage parlor in well, any state? Yeah. I mean, it, come on. A, then a religious... like Happy endings? Then Please. come on, like, <laughs> for, for but like a Christian school—that's the antithesis to it's that. It's just harder to that's open. That's the opposite. I'm sorry, but it's harder in general to open any any you know, part. Realize a massage isn't talking to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying in general, it's no, hard. nobody's racist when they're getting massages. <laughs> <laughs> ain't it's, no racism when you're getting a massage. It's not hard to open a, a massage parlor, 
but it is hard to open a school. A school, just exactly. in general, at all. That's yeah. unlike in, in some states. No, in all states. In all states. In general, it should be that way it's too. It's harder to it open a school than it is for some person to just open up a storefront and be like, "I'll touch you and make you feel better." Cool. Yeah. Like, so, since Bob Jones University just absolutely refused to admit black people uh, until get this 1971 made them ineligible for tax filing uh, for tax exemption under the nonprofit status. However, between 1971 and 75, they did change their policies and made it so that African American students could attend their schools, but they only just, if they were married. They oh, okay. I was gonna say they just didn't really accept their application very like. Well, African American students did make their way to school, but it's they had to be married. Well, no, yeah, they had to be married. But hear me out. They also usually left shortly thereafter, like within a month, for reasons probably we'll never understand. Well, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we'll never understand how I that mean, why yeah, they would leave. I'm, well, no, it's not reasons we don't understand. It's it's quite fucking apparent. It's so apparent. Yeah. It's yeah. like I mean, you attended a racist school that pretended to be Christian. With your yeah, wife. You were like, yeah, <laughs> let me fucking go into this. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. You're you're like a, you're a black person that if you want to enroll in college have to be married and the two of you have to go to a racist school yeah it's not yeah. like oh i had to deal oh, with yeah, this i'm fucked by well, myself no i had to involve another being and then we both had to put up with this shit like of course you're not gonna last long you're like well, oh my wife and me couldn't stand this why yeah. It's hard to explain. No, it's not hard to explain. The, well, and, and the like, evidence for that is that, like, during the same time, the school expanded their rules for interracial dating, uh, meaning don't fucking do it. Like, it just oh, you can't do it at the school. No. <laughs> so, in the, Bro, what the fuck? so, uh, this so fucking school is if you're gonna be <laughs> if you're gonna be non-white to enter our school, you have to be married, man. and if you even have anything to do with interracial relationships which means that he used the excuse of adultery yeah by already leering out that adultery will happen if you have a if you do that within a race yeah it's it, like that's it's like it's like it's, it's just, not possible now at this college to have an interracial relationship because that's adultery I mean, I don't know that they made that rule, but I know that it's... No, but that's what I'm saying yeah. he's doing. He's it's like, very well, much so anybody, of, anybody that's not white has to be married to come here. And if you fuck somebody that's not white... Then they need to be then that's in, Then that's uh, against God. No, no, then, you can't do that. And they're like, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. isn't that yeah. racist? And it's you like, no. You can't do that. Like, that didn't happen. Though. It happened a, a bunch. Like, they're like, oh, they're like isn't on. that racist? He's like, no, that's adultery because all the colored people are married. Yeah, and, and so it's like, whoa, dude. So during the during uh, the IRS in nineteen in nineteen seventy six rather retroactively issued a revocation uh, revocation of uh, Bob Jones University's tax exempt status, and they did that re again retroactively until nineteen seventy, um, and it was because they're a fucking racist school. And again, they did eventually allow African American students into the school, but they continued to be strict about the interracial dating uh, policies. Bob Jones Jr., quote, went home to be with the Lord November 12th, 1997, end quote. So, like, I can't, 
Again, I'm pissed off because I really wish these people. Yeah, let me like, hear I, this quote. Did I, the, did the Bob's sure ever I'm ran up off this fucking motherfucker? <laughs> I'm just starting to wonder, dude. Too. Like, I don't know. I bet you this is an old senile man. That's a racist bigot motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, and but, get it. Both of the Bob, Bob Junior and Senior, live to be like 86 years old. Did they ever have any daughters? I don't. Not that I'm aware of. That's why I'm like, God forbid they had a a daughter at all, and they're like, and you're oh, going yeah. to our college, but don't fuck the blacks. Yeah, you know, don't so fuck like, the blacks or the Mexicans. Holy you know, cow! So like, wow, the, the, it, it'll be against God. These really racist rules remain school policy until three years after Jones Jr. died. Uh, in two thousand, in, in the year two thousand, George W. Bush visited the university to give a speech during his campaign for president. In his speech, he made no mention of the discriminatory practices of the school, and the nation's critics were furious. He was quickly criticized for not having condemned the ban on interracial dating, and he was subsequently slammed so hard that he, from the Washington Post here, quote, apologized the day after for having spoke at Bob Jones University without, and this is a quote of him, dissociating myself from the anti-Catholic sen- sentiments and racial prejudices of the fundamentalist college and its leaders, end quote. So I like that the Catholics come first. He's like, I'm sorry we offended Catholics. Oh, and, and the black people too. And the black people too. Hmm. Pretty cool. However, interracial dating stayed an issue until the, uh, the school's policy and, you know, until the mid 2000s, Bob Jones, the fucking third, his son, Stephen Jones took the title of president in 2005. And I'm just really glad that it's a Stephen Jones and not another fucking Bob. I got so tired of the Bob's <laughs> in this episode. Uh, three years later, the school's then-president, Steve Pettit, sought to reinstate the school's tax-exempt status, having stated the school's policy on, on, on race of change. Um, <clears throat> he's quoted in the Greenville News, from where the university sits, um, reported, uh, they reported this in 2017, and used the exact same verse for the integration as Bob Jones Sr. had used for segregation. Are you fucking serious? The Greenville News here. Quote, the Bible is very clear, Pettit said as he announced the change to the university Wednesday night. We are made of one blood. And I think that's really important that he kind of, like, I'll, they don't get any brownie points for not being racist in 2000. That's a good fucking quote, though. Well, that's some fucking ridiculous ass shit, though. Yeah. With you. So, this racist and bigoted college still exists. Um, and it's, it's just such... Uh, you know, we're going to get into this next section here in a minute because this is my favorite part of this what episode. Do I need to go cut. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you, Marcus, how are you feeling about this episode? How do you feel about Bob Jones? All right, University? Marcus, we're paying for your tuition to join this college and then people getting cut. I mean, wait. Pretty cool. I don't understand how anyone from any fucking race besides white culture could actually fucking be in that college. I think it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I would fucking cut a motherfucker real quick for that shit. That shit Sean, was ridiculous. How are you feeling here? Um feel good? Like I'm uh, You know Bart Simpson wants to take down the man. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but somehow it's going to work out. I'm going to fall down a couple couple cliffs, watch my dad do some stupid shit to save me, and then for some odd reason at the end of the episode... Start hucking bricks at a church? Uh, the church explodes into fiery flames. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, whoa, okay. That... I don't know. That sounds great to me, to be honest with you. 
Because if it wasn't it wasn't uh, Bart Simpsons or the Simpsons, it would be uh, the cartel. <laughs> <laughs> or just the sheer wrath of God, if you will. You want to go that direction. It's like, I feel like at some point or another, there's just going to be a smite that's going to happen. It's like, and flames. The yep. burning bush is this university. Yeah. And it's fucking ridiculous, bro. Like And it's gonna get more ridiculous shit. after this break. No, uh, and I I don't I don't I don't need like honestly, that's not a fucking surprise to me. It's gonna be so much fun. Fucking I'm very excited. <laughs> Maybe I made a bad quote. I'm glad that you've got a, a, a chemical buffer, Marcus, because it's gonna get bad. Oh uh, I know it is. So, I know it is, bro. So she's just, just like ah. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna have ourselves a short break and we're gonna come back after this. You guys at home, if you haven't been doing so, drink uh, some water. Drink some tequila. <laughs> after, yeah, drink some water after no, your tequila. No, but from from Q, drink some tequila. From yeah, drink some tequila. Not Q though. That's Q and on. No, that's from me. I'm Mark, Q. From Mark I'm the Q. The Q. <laughs> You're Q. Anyway, we'll see you guys on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the cutting edge of drinking technology is the sugar straw. Minimize your yearly waste and reduce your carbon footprint by drinking from the sugar straw. It makes every drink taste great. I've been drinking wine through it at home, and I like that it gets really sticky and stays stuck to the side of the glass. It also makes wine more palatable by adding just like a little lovely hint of sugar. Go out and get your sugar straws wherever you purchase straw alternatives. Better water is wetter water. Better water is wetter water, water, wetter. Wets your water, weather better water, wets your washer with better water with our clever water. It's wetter water. Any better water, water, wetter water competitor could never endeavor to do better. Clever forever is our water wetter, the standard setter to the letter. Better water, wetter water is for potters, safer otters. It's water for the slaughter or to wash your baby daughters. Good for lobsters, wetter water than our imposters. Better waters is wetter water, water wetter. And we are back. All the way back. All the way back. And we are having a good time out of studio, off mic. And I think, honestly, I would argue just as good of a time on mic. How are you guys feeling about tonight before we dive back into this I mean, terrible it's, story? It's definitely something that I was not expecting here when I came here today. Do you have any... Pred- but I mean, honestly, it's 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 refreshing. <laughs> Hell yeah. What, it's what, refreshing to actually like speak about real shit that's apparently still fucking still going, going on. Still going on. <laughs> that's... You know, yeah, I mean, you learn something every day, and yeah. it's just it, it makes it some things make sense. Where I was like kind of blown away about some things on the uh ballot this year for voting, and I'm like, how is this still a thing? And it's like, well, how is Bob Jones University still a thing? Apparently, well, why are we still voting still on still certain <laughs> things? And it's like, apparently, we're still trying to figure this out. I thought we covered it oh, years ago. Years ago, I thought stuff it was like du- that. Uh, I thought we Sean, made amendments and constitutional things and all this stuff, and we're like, "Cool, that's history that I read about." Bro, but and we teach our well, a small anecdote. Right, what you're actually saying. And that's why I fucking love that you're actually. We're we thought we were, bro, racially 
Marcus, actually there. Until I was 12, like, I thought what? racism was dead. I thought it was a dying I thing. I thought that was like cool. I, like, when I, I was 12, I saw somebody old, say white power. I am 28 years old and I can tell you it's myself crazy. that racism is super so prevalent. Fucking alive. You know, and as and white people, me and Sean, me and Sean, we, we never real, got to realize that until we saw the first person like, who is our 12-year-old friend be like, yeah, I think whites are better than black people. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking I about? I thought that was not a thing. Why are we doing we, this? I thought have we quit doing that. Uh, have you, have no. you guys actually seen this? I don't know. It, it It's something that's going like on social media and right now and all this shit. But they actually will go to, to fucking like toddlers. Like four to... Maybe like seven years old. And they'll show them two different dolls. They'll show them the white doll and they'll show them the black doll. And every single time, no matter what, it's always a white doll. And they say white because it doesn't it doesn't look as scary. Goddamn. We're gonna have and to I'm like, whoa, this I would is, love these are these are black children that are already manipulated at this fucking age to yeah. know that they see a white doll versus a black doll as no the black doll is more scary yeah and i, w- I would love to get into that like I, I i think that that kind of research is fascinating um i felt fear but i, I, I don't know that the i can half a second of silence that just I, happened yeah I, I don't know enough weird. about that nor to, to have an opinion about it because it sounds like it could be a hoax which we're, we're no, gonna no, kind of get course. into and of course and but, of course you're 100 percent right yeah it could be a hoax but but honestly, but I think it, it seems it seems it reasonable. Seemed, the, the 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 like I, the, I can understand the, why the that would happen. Actual, I I myself just want to see the the research itself because I think that that's a very interesting point. Um, because for for various reasons, it's it's a uh, you know being white has been uh, kind of idolized and, and it's been people have been brought up to think that that's the pinnacle of beauty and that's not the case at and, all and, and so, so 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 like is, I, is I, I grew it. up in El Paso, Texas. So if you were to grow up in El, Ta- El Paso, Texas, it's like yeah, the complete opposite. It's from what you're saying like the white culture has nothing there. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. They're completely squashed down by the Mexican culture in that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. No, yeah. I mean, let, let, not, let's get it. Let's I'm get. Not, I'm not bullshitting at all. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a. It's, uh, it's. Yeah. In in in, like I don't know enough to talk about that. It's it's interesting research that I would love to talk about because I'm sure that that's the truth. But I don't have enough information to say that that is the truth. But what I can say is I did a shitload of research for the following script that I wrote. <clears throat> so, this racist, uh-huh. bigoted Bob James uh-huh. University College still fucking exists. No. Uh-huh. And, and you guys... It I, can't. I, no, I'm uh, going to keep coughing. It doesn't. You're <laughs> blasphemy. It does not still exist. It does still exist. And I want you guys to know that it's allowing a diverse type of students. Although their reputation may remain tarnished. So, data collected by Data USA has shown us the total number of students that attended in 2017. And that was around somewhere near 
2,380. It creeps me out that somebody went to a college and was, they were like, hey, what are you doing here? You're like, just marking down your color. I mean, I don't. Uh, I'm sure. Some, some, I'm sure. No, no. I'm sure that it comes with the application. I'm just like the application uh, okay. to get but the still, college. Still, there's just uh, like some yeah. random dude that's like, no, can no, we throw I, a statistic you. on your application? I, we won't put their name. Well, in. not for we nothing. Don't. This is Bob Jones University. Somebody should be there to do this. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Honestly, really think about it. Think it's just about, like the one creepy how, dude. How, how you know, like has grown throughout these days. I guarantee you, someone saw that. As an opportunity to be like, hey, look, I went to one of the most racist colleges. Schools, yeah. And it was like, are you guys going to accept me? And they accepted me. And at that same time, I was trying to fucking, you know, spread a different message. But I'm just you're, 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 you're in a, you're in a, you're in an area. Well, the interesting just, thing about attending college here. Is something we're actually going to get into here. I'm just getting at and, that, like, I, and, and I won't cut you off too much further yeah. here, but I, I love that there's like, hey, buddy, I'm going to start a school, or I'm going to be do, uh, doing this, and he had a friend, or whatever, that's like, hey, can I analyze that? And you're like, wait, wait what? No, 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 don't, the, do your thing, real, I just want to film it. The real, or I just want to, I just want to write down. No, my no, no, Again, this is this is the consensus. I, I'm and sure that this is the consensus is data. Like, oh, wait, hey, hey, homie, you got to Oh, I'm gonna make this an actual school. Well, this is the consensus data that's coming from like the the. I'm sure the person who's in charge of administration and and that kind of thing. Somebody was given the job to look through and just kind of catalog. And maybe it didn't. They didn't do that. Maybe it was just automatically cataloged because when you file applications for a lot of things, they ask you what your ethnicity is. Yeah. And so I want to think that this is where they're getting their data from. I don't know actually enough about Data USA to say anything about this, but I do want to share some data with you guys real quick because I think it's very interesting. <clears throat> From Data USA's website of Bob Jones University in 2017, quote, the enrolled student population at Bob Jones University is 73.4% white, 5.59% Hispanic or Latino, 2.7% Two or more races, 1.99% black or African American, 1.7% Asian, 0.412 native, Hawaiian or other Pacific Islanders, and 0.343% Native American or Alaskan native. This includes both full-time and part-time students, as well as graduate and undergraduates. I like that the last that the like tail end of that was like, like there was a few native people Americans. that were co- questionable how native they were. There was like one native person, but no, <laughs> but his dad was full native, and he may or may or like, and he his grandfather. Well, no, I, I'm not going to argue about that because, because like some because, guy was analyzing the statistic of how do you do the math of how much of a percentage of native you are. I think and that's that you go so here. No, I, I think I think that I think I think that's incorrect actually, <laughs> because what it's 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 asking about two thousand three hundred and eighty students roughly, and so it sounds like there's like one student that's Native that's American. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, but but uh, it's not it's not about like, how. But but no, hear me out. Hear me out. It's not It's not a percentage of of how Native is he. It's this is a Native American. Yeah, well, I, so, I guess what I was getting yeah. at is the last two things you said were based on Native things. 
So there was more or less two students out yeah, at yeah, the college, and they were debating on who was more native more, more, where, yeah. and, that, and they were like, we don't know what to do, so we're just going to say this. So, And it's like, damn, dude, you went so racist so far down that it makes no difference, and like, there was literally two students that were like, but I'm native, but I'm native, and you're yeah. like, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Like, so, does it make a difference? I want to continue this quote from, from Data USA real quick. <laughs> Quote, by comparison, enrollment for all master's colleges and universities, and that's like Carnegie Mellon, University, Harvard, John Hopkins, things like that, um, is 54.4% white, 15% Hispanic or Latino, and 13.2% black or African American. Okay. So, there's like 2%, less than 2% African Americans. At Bob Jones during some, during like 19, at the average 19, place, 19, it's usually like this. Like, it looks like any other college has like a 13 to like your numbers don't thing. add up. Bro. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how to say it, but your statistics are very leaning towards something else. I can I can I make any more obvious examples? Yeah, literally it, your numbers don't add your up. Your numbers don't add up. It's <laughs> crazy. And so they seem to be in 2017 at least not as racist question mark. Well, but I yeah. think the real important thing about the school is that this university gave out diplomas, but they basically weren't real. See, the school uh, would let you graduate and give you a diploma. But diploma, the diplomas meant little in the collegiate world because Bob Jones University wasn't accredited until 2017. Hmm. <laughs> it. I want to pause for a minute. Two I think things Marcus should come back in and hear that. Is first the, the obvious jump, example. Jump. I, I think we should pause for a minute and reread that. When he comes back in, oh, we'll we'll do it. He's yeah. coming back in. Yeah, because and I'm gonna. Okay. Oh, oh. You good with now? Don't don't quiet that door. Yeah, and then we're waiting you... for you. Get back in here. Sit down. We gotta. We need you to this. come in and sit down and listen. To... I have a retort to make that you gotta be involved. Well, in. let, let 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 me read him the the the. the Let's line. just point out that our co-host had to go take a piss because the yeah, alcohol. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I had to take so, a leak. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me read you something, Marcus. Um, Bob Jones University seems to be in 2017 at least is not as racist question mark but i think the real important thing about the school is that this university gave out diplomas but they basically they, they basically weren't real see the school would let you graduate and give you a diploma but the diplomas meant little in the collegiate world because bob jones university wasn't accredited until 2017 2017 90 years after their creation so this is where i wanted to bring up two things <laughs> Marcus. So for a long period of time. So you telling me that people was just stupid as fuck. And they were getting fake diplomas the whole time. You're like, yeah, I'm like the best, most star smartest person in the world because this dumb motherfucker told me I was. And so what I, I want to get at is that for a long period of time you could spend money at a at a college and to get a degree that meant nothing. And that sucks. Just the general thing. Oh, so you're just talking the general about thing. right now? No, hold on. That's oh, the second yeah. part I'm getting at. <laughs> is that the point is, 
that they did get accredited after so long of such bullshit. They, they were finally now you can. Now they're finally not being. And the super fact that is accredited now. Yeah. This is now an accredited college. Which yeah. is blast. And you could attend Harvard and then transfer you your credits to this years? college. Yeah. After 90? No. After 90 years? No, I don't even give a fuck if it's 96. It's like 89, After 90 years. fucking 90 fucking years that this was a college. It's crazy. Like, turns out this was all bullshit, but now you can apply it. But yeah. yeah. Oh, you're, you were it's still bullshit. in 2017, even though you're still a racist, racist, bigoted, fucking ignorant fucking college that has the same ideals from the actual initial start. Oh, yeah. and it's we're gonna, still going to give you an accreditation. And it's going to get worse. fucking serious? You bro, spent, bro, I promise you, tonight is going to get worse. That's the yeah. American, <laughs> that's the American <laughs> thing, though. Apparently, if you spend 90 years trying to prove your point, apparently after that much time, America is like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, if it's your shut thing, shut your fucking mark ass up. I will get to give you this thing. Right? Fuck yeah. it. All right, take it where you want. Let's see where it goes because they, I can't deal with the arguments guys, anymore. Gotta, it's ninety years of arguments. You got to remember, in the twenty first century, they finally caught up with the twentieth century, and that they started allowing black people. Bro, hell yeah, it's crazy, people, isn't it? Oh yeah. I grew up from El Paso, where there's not even fucking real racist shit. There's still racist shit going on. There's so much racist it's shit. Like, it's like, so it's, it's like well, bro. so it's like oh my god. So it's, it's all right. <laughs> so getting back to 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 the script, uh, JointCommission.org says that accreditation quote provides a framework for organizational structure and management. Accreditation involves preparing for a survey and maintaining a high level of quality in compliance with the latest standards. End quote. So the reason it's so important to understand accreditation is because it, it helps lend itself to the authenticity. Like there's a standard there by which people are held, by which people are held as they teach, they learn, they graduate into their field of their studies. And it's good that the, fa the faculty really put the focus on the ver uh, the, put the focus on the part that includes God. A lot of different types of of people have graduated the school and started various types of careers. A lot of them in the industry of faith, sorry, in the church. One of these graduates is actually Dale Mensing, and he is currently, as of this writing, on the ballot for California's second congressional district seat. According to Ballotpedia, quote, Dale Mensing uh, graduated from Bob Jones Academy in 1976. He later attended Bob Jones University for two years. From 1979 to 1983, he served in the Navy as a neuropsychiatric technician in the Navy's hospital corps. Mensing then became a medical courier. But you guys want to know who else graduated from the, the Bob did, Jones did University? Did he Like, what the fuck? I don't know what he did, honestly. He graduated from Bob Jones University. You guys want to know who else graduated from Bob Jones University? Let's roll with that now. It's a guy named John Weaver. You guys, and you guys, I expect you guys to have never heard of this guy. Um, but he's actually very, uh, like a very important part of one of the other stories we've told here on the podcast. Um, Sean, can you guess which episode he played an important part in? Uh, I cannot. All right, so we're going to get into John Weaver. John Weaver, um, 
According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, he has a webpage. That, like, they have a webpage about John Weaver where they describe him as a graduate of Bob Jones University. He's also the pastor of Freedom Baptist Ministries based in Fitzgerald, Florida. He uh, still has an active page on Facebook called Freedom Ministries, Pastor John Weaver. He's also been associated with various hate groups, such as like the Sons of Confederate Veterans. He's also fairly wanted in the right, the in the white extremist circuit. And in by wanted, I I really want to emphasize that they want him to speak. According to to SPLC, quote, in March two thousand seven, for instance, he spoke for five nights at Southern Point Baptist Church in Pelzer, South Carolina, at a conference sponsored by Christian Exodus. That group was working to get Christians in South Carolina to secede and was led by Corey Burnell, himself a former member of the League of the South, a neo-secessionist hate group. Drink real quick. John Weaver is the quintessential Southern preacher, bringing the whole counsel of God with practical application to, to every area of life, Burnell said at the time. He teaches the biblical doctrine of inter- interposition as well as any man and brings powerful illustrations from American history with, touch- uh, with touching stories from the First and Second Wars for American independence. And this is all uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Quote, uh, this is all been quote. Uh, regardless of whether or not interposition is biblical, it is doctrine that was used by racist Southern state governments to defend slavery and later to try to nullify nullify laws and court rulings against segregation. It is also one uh, one that the courts have repeatedly ruled unconstitutional. In April 2007, Weaver, our John Weaver here, made an appearance on The Political Cesspool, a racist radio program run by James Edwards out of, uh, out of Memphis, Tennessee, that has featured the veritable who's who of the radical right. <clears throat> On the show, they have included former Klan leaders, Holocaust deniers, neo-Nazis, and and fellow travelers. Weaver has also taken up arms in a big way, our John Weaver, that we're still talking about. He recently became a certified instructor for Front Sight, uh, a firearms training institute, at Georgia's uh, League of of the South meeting in March uh, 2011. He taught members to draw down on an enemy. He taught gun safety at the LOS National Convention last July. And that was, like, that was again by uh, um, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, John Weaver is, in order to kind of t- weave this story, if you will, into something else, he's more well known for having helped a little guy who's been on the show before, Dylan Roof. Hmm. If you go back and listen to our episode about Dylan Roof, you'll remember that he was radicalized after seeing the events in Ferguson. After watching the news and hearing about all the violence that that was happening in black communities, Dylan was curious about it. Going online, Dylan, as he claims, typed typed black-on-black crime and then immediately found a website called Council for Conservative Citizens, a website run by a John Weaver. After finding the CCC, Dylan Roof began to radicalize himself at home, where after a year or so, he made a plan, went to the Charleston Church in South Carolina, and murdered nine, wounding uh, wounding another and traumatizing a few other survivors. These were all black people, by the way. After, and, and it's, like, 
not all churches teach extremism and John Weaver, like the John Weavers of the world are just small percentages of people that graduate from these kind of schools. And these kind of schools, I mean, are extremist factories. Obviously, Bob Jones started as a racist, bigoted, anti-modernist organization hell-bent on what they probably thought as re-Christianizing America. But it became so bad that Jones III, in 2015, had to apologize for having said that gays should be stoned to death, and whether or not you believe him, he offers the statement, quote, I take personally ownership of this inflammatory rhetoric. This reckless statement was made in the heat of political controversy 35 years ago. It is antithetical to my theology and my 50 years of preaching as redeeming Christ who came upon the world, uh, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Upon now reading these long-forgotten words, they seemed to me as words belonging to a total stranger were my name not attached. I cannot erase them, but I wish I could, because they do not represent the belief of my heart or the con content of my preaching. Neither before nor since that event in 1980 have I ever advocated the stoning of sinners. End quote. Hmm. For the record, I don't fucking believe him. I think he's probably yeah. said that shit before and after, but... He's learning the game. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. It's a, it's yes. a, the story, you know, and, and to be fair, I understand that there's like a tenuous connection between Dylan Roof and Bob Jones University, but I think the reason it's important to talk about it is that they're... Rough. Rough. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <sighs> The reason I think it's important to talk about these kinds of things is because these types of places, these fundamentalist institutions that masquerade as academia, they reach their tendrils and their rotten roots far and wide into society. Places like Bob Jones University were, more or less, safe places in which to preach hate into the echo chamber. These were places that rationalized the dehumanization of others, and they do so with quaint, kind smiles that feel like your neighbor sitting at his vegetable stand, waving at you as you drive by. And that same rural American dirt road, family garden familiarity, it's built into how these schools operate. Just, just listen to the way that Bob Jones Academy builds itself while it describes what it does. Mind you, the Bob Jones Academy is, I'm just going to read it. Bob Jones Academy provides a... From a college to university mm -hmm. to a academy. Bob Jones Academy provides a learning environment for a community of like-minded students, all under a nurturing f faculty who teach from a biblical worldview while demonstrating Christ-like character. We challenge our students to succeed by providing high-quality academics and encouraging personal excellence. It is our goal to, to develop fully prepared and matured college-bound graduates who love, uh, love God with all their heart. Bob Jones Academy serves students in the grades of K-3, which is three-year-olds through 12th, 12th grade, and provides early education for children from birth to age two. So, yeah, I, wonder why, I wonder why the Academy wants college-bound graduates. It's fucking weird. That's... This whole story is... It was so uncomfortable to write. I don't think it's really weird, though. And if you really think about it, why wouldn't they want to continue to keep them out of the loop yep. into college? That's exactly what they're doing. Keeping them out of the loop. Start from the beginning, go to the end. Yep. 
And it, it makes it easier that way, too, because oh, yeah. now you don't have to teach evolution. Now you can teach that dancing isn't a fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The blues will steal your soul. Yeah, so Bob Jones University may actually provide a layer of insulation for a lot of these radicalized mindsets by using religion as a way to, to wage their holy war, not just against the sinners, fornicators, heretics, and blasphemers, but even against other fucking followers of Christ. They provide religious applications for their racism, as we've seen. The idea is that if racism is scriptural, they cannot be wrong for doing it if it's the word of God. Some of these same people weaponize religion, who, rep who weaponize religion, radicalize groups against perceived threats, and the threats are growing. Think about the people in Oregon who were detained, and I'm pretty sure is zip-tied, uh, and these guys were members of the press who were reporting on fires. And the people who did this saw them as anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-fo members. It's fucking weird. And Bob Jones, I think, uh, recognizes how closely linked it has been to the rancid, spoiling underbelly that is their racist and sexist version of religion. I personally think that most religions are beautiful. The issue religions get into is that radicals like ISIS and the pre Patriot Prayer Group weaponize their beliefs, use these weapons to get their points across, and they really strip away from the true meaning of a belief in God. They also seem to conveniently forget John 13, 34, quote, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Interesting. Yeah. And so Bob Jones University is just an example of how po political idealization can be so closely linked with religious identity that they are almost inextricable from each other. Bob Jones University and company doesn't get cool points for modernizing their fundamentalism. They don't get brownie points for not being racist, and they don't get to polish up their look by apologizing for inciting violence against the, the, the LGBTQ community. I think it's the bare minimum standard not to convey messages of, of hate and bigotry, especially for a school, and meeting that criteria doesn't mean that you've done well at all. The story of Bob Jones University is really just an in-depth look at how hard fundamentalists will go to dig their heels in, how far they will go to preserve their little pocket of life, and how that defense and defensiveness can be turned against an entire populations of people. Mm. What's more, what's more, once these ideas have been like weaponized, once they go viral, once they become dangerous, it feels like those to those who preach this demagogy, they are being silenced. Look at people like Alex Jones, Mike Adams, and like all those people. They call it censorship and the degradation of free speech, and they can call it whatever, because in the end, these beliefs further grow into institutions, and once violence becomes a part of the syllabus at a school, you've turned your weapon into a religion. Not that Bob Jones has done this, but what these demagogues preach directly influences the lives of their students, and those students go out into the world. Those students build churches and schools and careers. Those ideas get passed along. So when we see the changing stripes over at Bob Jones University, we have to look at the nine lives lost at the, at the Charleston Church in 2015 and Dale Mensing, the current candidate for, all, for, for the second congregation, congressional district of, of California. And we have to see this as, as kind of a belief system that reaches far and wide and is intentionally deceptive. Hmm. And it's fucking terrifying. And I think the real dangerous part of this is that these schools are still teaching, and while the university may not be... I feel like we're in a... I feel 
like we're actually in an era right now where we're getting to where we actually think we are. Like we think we are so much less racist than we used to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> we actually are. We, we're and totally it's racist. Not, it's not anywhere at that point. So I feel like our children, maybe even our children's children, will be the ones that are actually there on that actual spectrum where color is not a, it's not, it's not relevant at all. No, and it should never have been. Yeah, uh, like we're, in, we're, in this we're, university, we're, we're, we feel we we honestly feel at this time and era that we're completely, oh yeah, everything's done. No. No, nothing's been it's done. Nowhere, it's nowhere been. I mean, maybe it's gone down maybe like 10, 15%. But maybe 15%, yes. But, this whole but there's so is, much work to still be done. Because oh, like, like, you know, if you guys ever listen to, to Plug, uh, Behind the Bastards, they've got a, a subsection called Behind the Police. And it's uh, that podcast is strictly about how basically the police, how they formed was about white supremacy and how to keep black people in line and stuff like that and how our nation developed and it's it, i think it's like an yeah, eight-part it, series it, so so you I guys have, listening I at home a, go ahead and check it out because it literally describes how the police have come out of a racist no, it's, place it, it's, it, it, what it is is actually i have a relative that is in the police force who's actually a detective and he's actually confirmed the actual said statement police do have a quota that they actually have to meet whether they want to actually yep. and tell you that or not. That is an actual factual statement. They they can grab it off of the fucking actual, like, you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a part of their job. job but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, okay, cool. You got to do what you have to do. That's why you always see at the end of the month, beginning of the month, cops are going at it. Yeah. And so the real dangerous part about these kind of schools is that they're still teaching. And while the university may not be outwardly racist and bigoted anymore, I'd be willing to bet that there are groups within those universities that still foster these beliefs and provide a safe place to discuss them while keeping the appearance of having shed that fucking scent, that skin. And these are the institutions that teach your children, your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors. These are the underhanded roots of Bob Jones University. It's not a big accomplishment that the tree that is Bob Jones University has finally begun to produce fruit that is not rotting because it is blatantly unremarkable when the roots of the tree have poisoned the soil for decades. And that's actually what I was trying to get at to what I was talking about earlier is that my relative in my family that's in law enforcement has actually stated that Police force is actually basically manipulated to the point to fake like, hey, where our business is, is with minorities. Mm -hmm. So target that. Yeah. And, and, you know, disproportionately, those are the amount of people that are also in prison. <laughs> like they make up a, a huge portion of the people in prison and, and, you know, in different areas, smaller percentages of the people in the population. And so it's very blatant and it's disgusting. And so what I do want to leave our listeners with is, uh, I want to touch on some information from the FBI. 
And they call white nationalism and white supremacy one of the biggest domestic terror threats. FBI.gov has a header at the top of their website saying, quote, don't be a puppet. And when you open the link entitled, what are known violent extremist groups? On that list, you'll find, you know, the kind of people you'd expect to. You got like ISIS and ISIL, Al-Qaeda. They also include groups like sovereign citizens, uh, militia members, and white supremacy extremists. And this is because of the rapid rise in right-wing extremism, particular, uh, partially fostered by the, nurture, the nurturing nature of Bob Jones University's past. In an article written by Politico, uh, it discusses three different versions of the same document written by the FBI. It was leaked to them. Um, and they all vary slightly, um, but it was something that, again, was leaked to them. And these documents read in part as follows, quote, White supremacists uh, present the gravest danger to the United States, according to a draft report from the Department of Homeland Security, they said in the, their article. Uh, foreign terrorist organizations will continue to call for homeland attacks, but probably will remain constrained in their ability to direct such plots over the next year, all three documents say. <clears throat> and this is the part that I, I feel is the most pertinent, because I think that there is a insidious plot to really change people from being on each other's side to a civil war in the United States. Um, again, from that same uh, from the same political art article, quote, Russia, quote, probably will be the primary covert foreign intelligence actor and purveyor of disinformation and misinformation in the homeland, the documents also say, end quote. And these sources of misinformation love stirring the racist shit pot that is white supremacy in the United States. And it's, it's crazy to think that white supremacy in the United States has been created by partially people in Russia. Maybe not their, their, their government, but people in Russia. And so ends our fucked up story of Bob Jones Sr., the second, the third, and their shitty white supremacist university. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. How do you feel about tonight, Marcus? Um, it was uh, definitely a turn from what I thought what the subject was going to be, but I mean, it was interesting. Like, I learned. I definitely learned listening to all this, and it's it's definitely interesting to hear other people's aspects, even though that shit was Hitlery as fuck. <laughs> Very Hitlery. <laughs> yeah, that shit. Sean, how do you feel about tonight? How's uh, this story made you? You gonna sleep well tonight? It, it's, I mean, I always sleep well <laughs> if I can, but it's very interesting that the more and more we point out things that are of relevant hat past of a hundred years ago are still like relevant today. Yeah. And it kind of, it kind of boggles me to be honest where I'm like, yo, really? Like I thought this was shit that I went to school for that we learned about that was like, we're over this <laughs> and it's still a thing. And it's, it's just like, like dude, up until two thousands, they didn't allow black people. Is just this way. Go like, God tell us all the time. Uh, the past repeats itself. Um, I think so. I I don't know that this specific instance is uh the past repeats itself, but I know a lot of things, like a lot of universities took the same path as at the, the same time. Like 
it's a it's just a fucking wild story. So I'm gonna join tomorrow mm-hmm. and destroy the cool. Bob Jones system. Great. Might not be a good idea to get a recording of that on a podcast. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> I just think. Or that, the best idea to get a recording. You know, of and it. what I don't might know, also not be a good idea to say on a podcast is like, if you need grenades, I know where to get them. Okay. Yeah. We'll start with. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that and then see where it goes. We'll, yeah, we'll see where it goes. We'll get a cease and desist from yeah. the military. Yeah. <laughs> so, this has been a long episode. Very shitty episode. And I feel very uncomfortable leaving you guys with this. But I do want to ask... Um, where, since we're at the end of the episode, do you guys want to plug anything? Just want to talk about where uh, people can find you on the internet? I mean, check out Black Sheep and Bad Apples at Fourth Corner. I don't know what that is. Yeah, neither do I. Okay. You can find... Check out Fourth Corner on Facebook. Check out Black Sheep and Bad Apples on YouTube. And uh, keep joining in. Keep joining and, in. Uh, if y'all want to get up on some fresh gear, show a little bit of your Alpha Omega side, you know, uh, <laughs> check out Bull Motor Apparel on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, What's the name? Bull Mode? Bull Motor Apparel. Bull Mode, baby. Yeah, we a little Texas, so we had to throw a little, you know, Omega Simple into a bull, you know? Yeah, and... You can find me online uh, on Facebook at Black Sheep and Bad Apples. And also, I created a Twitter to make fun of various people who are celebrities. Nice. And you can find me at, uh, at Big Umbrella Hug, all one word, hmm. uh, on, on Facebook, or no, rather Twitter. Um, so how did you guys feel episode, episode one of the sixth season went? You guys feel pissed off and a little bit angry? Little, little. Looks like I don't know. It was I, honestly, it was just really like a nice, knowledgeable. Good time. <laughs> I mean, it pissed me off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Lie. It was like, wow, that's. I mean, it's not nothing surprising. It's. Yeah, and life so is and fucking and it's still crazy around. Place, yeah, and so if you guys at home do want to send any kind of uh, ideas our way or want to, us to cover certain topics, please let us know at our uh, our various handles. Um, this has been <laughs> this has been Black Sheep and Bad Apples. I'm Lauren O'Brien. Thank you, Mr. Sean Hill, producer man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Marcus? Yeah, you know. Uh, Thank you, doggy. I don't know. It just goes. Hey, <laughs> I, I think you're cute, too. Uh, oh. I like <laughs> shit you bad apples. see that shit, but I lick my lips at him. <laughs> this guy over here is fucking dirty. Check good us night, out guys. on the West Coast. <laughs> good night and good luck. Good luck.